Welcome to Journeys in Grace with Pastor Eric Hubbard. Thank you for, again, for going with us as we travel down and study more in the Word of God. Now, the last week, we started a teaching on the cultural wars, a war between the cultures. And when I'm talking about cultures, uh, some will call it uh, war between the races, or, uh, but to me, it can apply to anything, not only within, in and outside the body of Christ. And Many of, much of this teaching will be upon and, and, and ultimately focus on the body of Christ. But I believe in the world at large, we have differences that are being elevated by things that we see on television, from the murder of, of, of George Floyd to others who have been um, uh, assaulted, killed. We've seen over the last few weeks here in May of 2021 where there are attacks upon the Asian Americans, and many think that it is... Uh, uh, started or instigated because some think that the um, uh, COVID-19 started in Asia and maybe having lost loved ones or maybe just out of anger or fear and they are attacking um, Asian Americans. They see them on the streets with no uh, reason, no cause, just um, uh, beating and assaulting and, and uh, doing hurtful things, calling them names and, and things of that nature. But again, all of this is a trick of the enemy. All of this, all of this, all of this, this is evil. And Satan's job is to kill, steal, and to destroy. And one of, I think, one of his prime targets is the United States of America. Because we are known as a, uh, as a God-driven nation. Whether that's true or not, in 2021, um, remains to be seen. But I believe that uh, God is still able and is still using America. Because we are known as one of the most um, giving and... Uh, blessing uh, nation that when any disaster, anything that happens, the United States usually is, not always, but usually is the first to, uh, as I would call, a, call us a first responder. Uh, whether it's a national, national disaster or war between countries, uh, we usually try to go in and become a peacemaker. Now, we know there are times when we ourselves have been in many wars down through the ages, but this nation was founded as a place or a haven for those who were seeking God. And one of the things that, that were written in the Constitution was about freedom of religion. But we know that those freedoms are being under attack today. And it's been under attack by some people who think they're doing good. They think they're doing good by constantly saying that there should be a separation of church and state. And I believe if you really study the Constitution, it was talking about how that government would have no power over the church. Not that the church wouldn't have power over the government, because there were many preachers and leaders in the church who were uh, the signers of that declaration. And so again, the United States is not the perfect nation, but um, I would rather live nowhere else on the planet than in this country. So we're going to start out today again, talking about cultural wars, and today we're going to go and start in the book of Jonah. The book of Jonah, the first chapter, and we're going to read about this prophet, and I know there are many takes on the book of Jonah. I've heard excellent messages on it. But we're going to see how that the uh, cultural differences was one of the drivers that put Jonah in the position that he found himself in, in Jonah, in the Old, uh, in the Old Testament. So the book of Jonah, I'll start reading in the first chapter. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, this is Jonah 1 and 1, Arise, verse 2, Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for the wickedness is come up before me. But 
Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord and went down to Joppa. He found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, went down to go into it, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. But all of us know you can you cannot escape the presence of God. I believe it was the uh, uh, David wrote in the, in, in the book of Psalms how that uh, he said, though I make my bed in hell, though I flee to yonder's mountain, yonder's mountain and, and wherever you may go, you cannot flee the, the all seeing eye and the presence of God. But this prophet was running from God because he did not like or did not want to feel fulfill his assignment. The fourth verse said, but the Lord sent a great wind under the sea, into the sea. And there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. So in other words, the ship was so violently shaken, the wind was blowing so hard that it was as though the ship would be broken up. And then in the fifth verse, uh, it says the mariners were afraid. Now, if you're a seagoing man, a man who's traveled on the, on the ocean from uh, uh, island to island, nation to nation, you had to have seen uh, storms, rain, thunder, lightning. But this even made the veterans who were on that boat, who were on that ship, they became afraid. And the fifth verse said, they, and cried every man to his God. Uh, they began to pray and, and to their God seeking help. And cast forth wares that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it from them. In other words, they were throwing away their money. This must have been a horrible storm for these men to unladen the ship, meaning that the goods and the things that they were carrying from, uh, from, the, from the port that they just left, they were willing to lose money to save their lives. But Jonah was gone down into the sides of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. Let's go on. Let's go down to uh, verse number eight. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, but I'm going to try to. Get, I'm going to. I'm driving toward verse number uh, chapter four. Then they said to him, "Tell us what we what pray thee. Tell us we pray thee, from whose cause this evil is upon us, and what is thine occupation?" They began to ask Jonah, "Man, wait, where are you working? Where, where, you, where you come from? Why comest thou? What's your country? And of what people art thou?" And Jonah said in the ninth verse, "I am a Hebrew. I fear God." The God of heaven, which has made the sea and the land. And it says in the 10th verse, the men exceed, the men, the, then were the men exceedingly afraid and said to him, what have you done? For he had told the men before that he fled from the presence of God. Okay, let's go on now to the uh, uh, 12th verse, 11th verse where he said, then he said to them, they said to him, brother, what shall we do to you? that the sea may be calm. For the sea was wroth and was very tempestuous. In other words, the storm was still raging. 12th verse says, and he said to them, take me up and cast me into the sea. Now that's, if you just think about that, Jonah knew he was running, he knew that God wanted him to go to Tarshish. But he decided to go to Joppa, endangering everybody on the ship. Then knowing that punishment was coming to him, and they asked him, say, what, what should we do to you? He said, you take me up and you take me uh, uh, and throw me into the sea. Why didn't he just get on the rail and jump in? I think he still was looking for a way out because, you know, it, it, Lord, they, they threw me in the sea, uh, into the sea. You, you didn't save me. You let me die. But God had a plan. He said, take me up 
cast me into the sea, so shall the sea become unto you. For I know that for my sake, this great tempest is upon you. And it goes go down to the 17th verse of this first chapter. It says, now Jonah is now in the midst of the sea. And it says, now the Lord hath prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Three days and three nights. This man had to be going through. And if you read, the, I'm not going to read the second chapter, uh, but a couple, two verses. But it talks about all the things that Jonah suffered, all that he went through. He envisioned himself going through hell itself. All to escape the assignment that God had given him. Let's go down to uh, second chapter. Go down, go down to the second verse. Uh, eighth verse, rather. John two, uh, Jonah 2 and 8 says, this is Jonah talking. They that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy. So in other words, Jonah is saying to himself, I am going to escape from God. I am going to run from him. And in his own imagination, his own thoughts, he believed that if I do it my way, my way, then I can escape the judgment of God. But now, after he's been in that belly of that whale for three days, he now says, they that observe, no, if you do and obey lying vanities, in other words, things that have no value, and forsake your mercy, in other words, you, you step out of the mercy of God, then you are in trouble. The ninth verse says, but I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. For what? For salvation is of the Lord. And now that Jonah has come to his senses, in the tenth verse it says, and the Lord spake to the fish, and it vomited Jonah out upon dry land. Now let's go now to the third, third uh, just a few verses in the third chapter. Uh, in the third chapter, we're going to start reading about, let's see, the third chapter and the fourth verse. And Jonah began to enter into the city. Now Jonah has run, he made a three-day journey in one. Fourth verse says, Jonah began to enter into the city after a day's journey. And he cried, he said, 40 days from now, Nineveh is going to be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloths, sackcloths rather, from the, from the greatest even to the least. For the sixth verse says, From the word came to the king of Nineveh, he arose from his throne, laid down his robe, and covered himself with sackcloth and ashes. Now you would think that Jonah now having fulfilled the will of God, he would be, you know, uh, maybe not uh, overjoyed, at the, uh, that, but overjoyed may not be the right word, but he would be satisfied that I've done my work, mission accomplished, now, I can either wait and see if they follow through, but his mission was accomplished because he gave them the word of God. But let's just see what the fourth chapter says. Jonah 4.1 4, But it, deplete, it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Why? Why was this man of God angry? Because the people did. They heeded the warning. They began to fast and pray. They even made the animals uh, fast. They didn't feed them because they've heard God's word and they turned. They turned. Uh, I believe Chronicles says, if my people who are called by my name would turn from their wicked ways. These people turned, but it displeased Jonah. And in the second verse, it begins to tell us why. He prayed unto the Lord and said, I prayed to thee, O Lord. 
was not this my saying when I was yet in my, he said, while I was still home, I prayed to you. Therefore, I fled unto Tarshish. Why? He said, for I knew that thou art a gracious God, merciful, slow to anger, and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. What is Jonah saying? He was angry that God had turned and was uh, willing to let these people live because these people were not Israelites. They were up in a uh, place, uh, Jonah, uh, Nineveh was known, a uh, place up in, uh, toward Jordan. So in other words, these weren't Israelites, these weren't Jews. Uh, you consider them Persians or, or Arabs, but they were not of the nation of Israel. So Jonah and, and they were enemies of Israel. All of the nations around uh, Israel had been kicked out of uh, 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 out of uh, Canaan, out of uh, the Jews had been kicked out of Israel many times, and they had been overrun many times by their enemies, and their land had been inhabited, and uh, most of the time when the, either the Persians or the Babylonians came into the land of Canaan, they took the best out of the land. In other words, the doctor, the lawyer, the uh, the banker, those that were educated, they took them away. But they left those, the common man, they left in the country. So many of the Jews now, they felt as though, you know, if you were, if you were either a mixed Jew or you were, out, uh, in other words, you had mixed blood, put it that way. If you were of a mixed blood and you were not have that, that uh, uh, pure Israeli blood, you were looked down upon. But not only that, but those nations which had attacked Israel continually, they were not considered a friend, and this is what Jonah was saying, I knew you were going to forgive those people, and this is why I did not want to come. Jonah had a bias in his heart against the very people he was preaching to. He went, but he went, not, willi not willingly, but he went because he knew if I don't do God's will, I might not live to see tomorrow. But after he preached to him, he said, God, kill me. Third verse said, therefore, O Lord, I beseech thee, my, he said, take, I pray thee, rather, my life from me, for it's better to me to die than to live. Jonah was that upset that the people he went to preach to, who was not of his own blood, he was angry that God would, 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 would hear their cry. He wanted vengeance. He wanted to see the judgment of God to be put upon them. And this is what I can say to any who would hear this, this recording, is that, the scripture says in, 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 in Romans, if the Lord said, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Be that's Romans 15, 15 chapter. And so I often say to have anger and unforgiveness in your heart is like, as I often say, it's like uh, taking a bottle of, of poison and drinking it and hoping that your enemy dies. What sense does that make? Anger, unforgiveness, Bitterness will only hurt you. It does not hurt the other person. They moved on. They went on with their life. You may be a divorcee where your, your, your husband or your wife, your spouse might have uh, hurt you. They might have cheated on you and went and lived with the new wife or the new husband. And here you are left with the kids or here you are left with, without the house or with the house and a humongous bill and all of these issues. But Jesus says, the scripture says, Faith without works is dead, but it goes on to say, faith works by love. If you still have that anchor, anchor, an anchor, I mean, I'm talking like a ship's anchor, which will hold a ship in place. That's what it's designed for. 
But that's what anger and bitterness and unforgiveness will do. It will end bias and racism. Those things will hold us back and keep us in the past. Because looking back, that's the only will do. That's the only thing looking back and with unforgiveness will do. It will hold you and deny you interest into the promises that God has for you. Beloved, I, would, I declare unto you, let it go today. Let all that hatred, let all that unforgiveness, let all those bad memories, all of those things will anchor you in your path. But Paul said, look, he said, forget those things which are behind thee. He said, you got to look forward. He said, press toward the mark of the high calling in Christ Jesus. But first, you got to forget. You got to forget by faith. He didn't, God didn't, he, that's not a, uh, that's not a, uh, uh, the, the uh, option. Say, so, well, you maybe you forget they'll forgive this one, but forget, but not that one. When Jesus began to preach on the uh, preach about forgiveness, and the disciples heard him talking about how that you had to forgive those who hurt you, forgive those who he said and and and, and loose them. In other words, when your your forgiveness actually looses the person and lets them go on with their life, and the disciples said, Lord, said how many times did we forgive our, our brother in the day? Seven times. Jesus said, no, 70 times 7 in a day. Again, this was hatred and bitterness. And all of these things are wrapped up in racism and wrapped up in, in, in all of those things which, are, uh, uh, which can hold any of us back if we don't look unto Jesus, the author and the finish of our faith. He is the one that will set us free. And he can do it by faith. You say, I don't know how I can do it. No, you can't do it. But if you receive the love of God, then the grace of God can set you free and take you to heights you never dreamed that you could ever be. So now let's go to the New Testament. So many people say, well, you know what, preacher, that's an Old Testament. Uh, uh, that's an Old Testament saying, I don't, you know, I, I don't know if I believe all of that. Well, I'll take it the same thing. We're going to go and talk about um, the woman of Samaria. We're going to go over to the book of John, fourth chapter, and the fourth verse. And Again, as uh, there are other notes that I'll write and I'll, in, I'll include on the uh, uh, title and things of that nature where you can read other things concerning this scriptures today and, and uh, if you want to read more and learn more. But in the book of John, fourth chapter and the fourth verse, we now going to read about the woman of Samaria. And again, now Samaria was a, a, a land that was nigh to Israel. And as I talked to you before, Many times when the Israelites or the Jews would rebel against God and they walk in and begin to serve other gods, there would be other nations that would come in and overtake them and enslave them. And again, they would take the best and take them to their country and, and train them and have them work as slaves in their country and leave others uh, to just uh, a few there to just mine the country and keep it from being overflown because they always wanted taxes. But the Samaritan Samaritan. Samaritans were the ones who they intermarried with those who were not Jews. So by those who were full-blooded Jews, they considered them as second class. And so they were to be called a Samaritan, to many of them would be called a dog. You weren't worthy. They didn't want you in the temple. Because now you were a Gentile. And you were and you were in disobedience to God because God did tell his people, don't intermarry with those of those who were not of the household of faith. And the household of faith were, they were children. You had to be a child of Abraham. Keeper of the covenant. Keeper of the law. And, the, and those nations that surrounded had, did not have God 
as their God. So let's continue on now. This time is, 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 run, is going away fast. Uh, St. John 4th chapter 4th, 4th verse. Jesus said, he said, I, Jesus said, he must needs go through Samaria. 5th verse says, just St. John 4 and 4, now 5. Then he cometh to a city of Samaria, which is called Sychar, near to the parcel of ground that Jacob gave to his son Joseph. Now Jacob well was there. Jesus therefore being weary with his journey, sat on the well, and it was about the sixth hour. Going down to the sixth, ninth verse, the woman said to him, Jesus asked, seventh verse said, Jesus asked her of water. He said, give me to drink. The ninth verse says, the woman of Samaria said to him, how is it thou being a Jew, ask drink of me, which am a woman of Samaria. In other words, she's saying, there is a cultural difference between you and I. You being a Jew and me being a Samaritan, we don't even communicate. For the Jews have no dealing with the Samaritans because you consider us less than. Jesus said unto her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that says to thee, give me drink, thou wouldest have asked of him and he would have given you the living water. How many times have we ever, as a church, as a nation, have missed the gifts that are within us, that are among us? That are, the, the gift may be wrapped in white flesh. The gift may be wrapped in black flesh. The gift may be wrapped in brown flesh or, or yellow flesh or red flesh. Maybe Asian or African or, or Caucasian or African, whatever the case may be. And we miss the gift because we are so concerned about our culture. They don't culture. They don't look like me. They don't dress like me. They don't talk like me. And so we miss the gift. And as I was studying this, and you know, uh, many times we consider that the, the racism or uh, or uh, bias is between people of, 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 of different uh, cultures, meaning black against white or, uh, or white against um, uh, Hispanic or uh, whatever the case may be. Whatever, if a different culture, then you know what, that's what really a racist. But I'm going to tell you, cultural bias is among people. I can remember a time, it's a few years ago, when I was on the job and uh, I had, you know, I had, with people I was, they moved into management. And so being in management, sometimes you hear information that sometimes you say, you know, I really wouldn't want to, don't want to know this. Because it meant that some, many times people were losing their job. And I came to know that one of my friends was going to lose his job. Uh, he came to find out that someone of his own culture. But the difference was, one was from the northern part of the U.S., the other was from the south. And the one from the north had a higher level in management than the one from the south. And the southern gentleman, he had somewhat of a thick accent. He was one of the smartest people, one of the nicest people that you ever could be, want to be around. He would do anything for you. But because he had an accent, his boss's boss felt like he was a bad representation of what he wanted in his department. So he told his boss, his boss, who was of a different culture, a different skin color, you need to fire him. And when I heard it, and one of my friends told me, I said, oh my God, Why? And he said, because of the way he talks. He had a bias because he thought the Southern gentleman was ignorant. He didn't care how much experience he had, which he had over 20-something years. He didn't care where he, all, all the things that he had done. He just had a bias against him. And because he did, long story short, they fired him. It was an ugly situation. And he thought that his his his. His, his boss, who was a different culture, you're the one to fire me. I'm going to sue. I'm going to do this and that. 
But, but see, we knew the whole story. It was someone of his own color, of his own culture, who did not like the way he talked. And he, and he caused a disruption in this man's family. Broke up friends. And I hope, I hope uh, they have since found out that the whole truth became known. But because when you're again, when you're in man's bed, you can't talk. But the point I'm trying to make is that hatred, bias, evil has no color barriers. It has no racial barriers. It has no cultural barriers. It'll cross over. But the love of God is amongst all of us. If the love of God and, the, and, and Jesus Christ is in your heart, you have the ability to love anybody who's in your family, whether they're white, whether they're black, whether they're Asian, whether they're African, whether they're European, whether they're Russian or, or Chinese or, or South American or, or uh, from the Caribbean, no matter who they are. If the love of God is in you, it should, should be shed abroad to all who, those who will come to know you. Now let's let's close out now as we uh, as we as time is, is where it's running now. But I want to tell you that Jesus doesn't. It, that's not the love of God. When we in the church, we get in our little corner and our little clique. And you know what? I don't associate them. Yeah, we go to the same church, but you know they they're a different color. They're of a different race. They're of a different uh, you know uh, uh, you know the, the poor people on that side of the church and the rich people over here, or they, even within families. You know they're from the uh, uh, we're from the Smith family and in the, in the, in the, in the affluent Smiths uh, sit up in the balcony because we don't want to be with the common people. All of these things are ways to divide us. But Jesus said, come unto me, all you that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. If you were out in the ocean and I'm a black man and you may be whatever of another color, another culture, and I came with my boat. I guarantee you, if you want to live and I'm the only boat, you will take the lifeline. If you needed blood, you wouldn't care what color I was. If you wanted to live and I'm the only one with this rare blood, you take it. Because we all have the same royal blood in us, which is the blood of Jesus. But I'm going to take you now to Galatians 3.28 as we get ready to close. Galatians 3rd chapter and the 28th verse. And it reads. Galatians 3.28. He says. For as many, 27, for as many has been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Doesn't matter about your color or culture. Doesn't matter about your race, uh, uh, your, your economic status or, or whatever, things of that nature. He says, for there is neither Jew nor Greek. Greek means Gentile, meaning all those who are non-Jews, who are not Jews. There is neither bond nor free. In that day, uh, there were slaves. Were you a slave man or free man? Were you indentured servant? Some were enslaved because they couldn't pay their bills. So they had to work off their, um, to work off that when they, get, when they worked off their debt, they could be set free. Others, their nations had been conquered. So you were a slave until... Mostly for life, unless your master sets you free. He said, there's neither male nor female. For all are one in Christ Jesus. Jesus is for you. The scripture said, if one can chase a thousand, two can chase ten thousand. If God be for you, who can be against you? Who? 
Who can stand before the almighty God? None. Let's go on. Because so many of us, and, and again, Satan has used this, uh, this plague of COVID-19 to separate the church and to silence us. You know, they had, we, they, and, I, and it was good that we wore a mask. But he wants to shut us. That mask to me is symbolic of trying to shut us down. Many churches have been sued and been had lawsuits brought against them because they dared to say, you know, but my religious right says that uh, I can, I have the opportunity to to, to separate and, and not separate, but to have church, and you should not make no laws against me as far as my church is concerned. And they they still about it by the separating of six feet. They limited the numbers that could come in, and they want and and many government, many state officials wanted more. It was just an act of Satan. They wanted more control. So no, you can't do that. You don't. We don't even want your meeting. Others told them that you know what you make it meet, but you can't sing. All of these things were the tricks of the enemy, and COVID nineteen was not in the plan of God. It came from the enemy. Remember, the scripture says again, he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. John 10. But I have come that you might have life and that more abundantly. Jesus is calling. Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says, the gifts and callings are without repentance. When Paul began to talk up to the, uh, speak to the uh, nations around him in the book of Romans, he said, look, the Jews have been called. God's not going to take back the call. That many of them deny that the uh, Messiah has come. And some have used that against them. Even many church people today are biased and, and, and prejudiced against the Jews. I asked them, I said, don't you know that Jesus himself came from the Jewish nation? Don't you know that God loved them just as much as he loves us? True, he did say that neither Jew nor Greek. But he hadn't thrown away the Jew. But he has drafted us in for a time. And many of them are blind today. But they're going to come. They're coming home. But I say to you, we are their brothers. We are the, uh, uh, they are our brothers and sisters, rather. And we should love them as such. Pray for them. Scripture says, pray for the peace of Israel, peace of Jerusalem. For Jesus said, over in the book of, uh, book of Jeremiah, 3, 14, and 15, he said, I'll call you one of a family and two of a city and draw you unto Zion. This was a time when the Jews were, uh, uh, their nation had been separated and they were again were enslaved. But he said, I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back to my house. And that's what God is doing today. He's bringing a great and mighty revival even now. But many are blind. They are so blind to what God is doing. They're so connected to what's happening in the politics. And you're thinking that Biden, just like many thought that Trump was the, was the Messiah, as far as they were concerned, and all of our troubles are going to be taken over by Trump. Oh, now it's like, oh, we, we gonna, oh, we're safe now because Biden's in office. But I'm going to tell you, when Jesus said, when many say peace and safety, he said, you better beware. Because then comes sudden destruction. Beware. But I say to all, whether you're Republican or Democrat or Libertarian, whatever your uh, political affiliation may be, I pray that you are washed in the blood. I pray that you know Jesus Christ is your Savior. I pray that you know him as Lord and as Savior and as Redeemer of you. Because many again have said, I'll never go back to church. 
I'm going to stay home and get my my uh, my church over the internet. I'm going to hear it on the radio. I'm going to see it. I'm going to be my TV pastor. And yet, they'll go out to eat. They'll go to the different uh, uh, gatherings. Oh, we're going to make sure we sit, uh, separate, you know, by six feet. But they won't go back to the house of God. But the book of Acts, when Paul began to talk in Acts 20, 32, it says, For our inheritance is among them that are sanctified. He said another place, you should fail not to assemble yourselves together, as some do. Many will use the plague of COVID-19. Oh, I don't need to go to church now. But I'll say again in Acts 20, 32, your inheritance is among them that are sanctified. Because God put his precious word, his precious anointing, into earthen vessels. We all are in these temporary houses. One day, we are going back to the dirt. If Jesus delays his coming, everybody 100 years from now, most of the people that were here just recording will not be here in 100 years. But you know what? We all have the opportunity to know him. But God wants more than us to know him. He wants us to demonstrate him. And we can do that by the mixture of faith in his word and loving God and loving our fellow man. By loving God and loving our favor, favor, uh, our fellow man. When Jesus talked to the, uh, they talked to Jesus, said, tell us which of the commandments are the, what are, what are the greatest of the, of the commandments? They were talking about the Ten Commandments. Jesus told them, he said, love thy God, Lord God, with all thy heart, thy mind, thy soul, and all thy might. And love your neighbor as yourself. And he said, all of the law and the prophets, all that is written in the Old Testament, all of the commandments hang on these two. The love of God and the love of our fellow man. I pray you got something out here this today. Let's not be divided by the culture. Let's not be divided by our political affiliation. Let's not be divided by our, uh, by our uh, uh, economic status. But love your God and be a blessing to your, our fellow man. This is the greatest commandment that Jesus ever gave. And what he asks us to do is to keep those two. And you fulfill all that's written in the Old Testament. Let us pray. Father, we just thank you for your word. We thank you for this time of God. The words that are spoken. We thank you for your anointing, for healing, deliverance, prosperity. All these things are wrapped up in the fact that we that salvation comes unto us. I pray that if to any that have not, does not know you, I pray, O oh Lord, that they would pray this prayer, Father. Lord, thank you for sending your Son. I believe He died on the cross and rose on the third day. I now receive Him as my Savior, and I receive Him as my Lord. Thank you, Lord, for welcoming me into the family of God. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may be not only live this life, but be a disciple and a voice of who you are and what we are to become. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.